Yo, what's good, man? It's Antoine, the serial entrepreneur, and welcome to another episode of the podcast, The Black Business Bureau, where our goal is to help black businesses be better one step at a time, man. So I'm going to get right into it today. Today we have a uh, a special guest, this brother right here. Um, since I've been in Birmingham for the last, I've been in Birmingham, living in Birmingham for about 12 years. I've seen him in the community, um, you know, riding around as you know, when I've been riding around, I've seen him, you know, doing different stuff. Um, but I've never made, made his acquaintance before until two weeks ago when I participated in the first annual, um, business event with the Morris science temple of America. And it was actually a pop-up shop where different black businesses came together, uh, to, to talk about their businesses, to sell things and just support each other. But without any further ado, I'm going to let him introduce himself and uh, let you guys hear a little bit about him from him. And brother Clarence Muhammad, how you doing today, bro? I'm doing great. Um, I'm Clarence Muhammad. There's a couple of things that I've been involved in for a while in my life. Um, I've been a member, active member of the Nation of Islam uh, as a youth since I was... It's about 17 years old, and since 1992, and that kind of started my journey. And what I also started my journey was high school. I had an electronics teacher that began to expose me to a lot of black culture and history and information. And uh, I started a black history club with peers in high school, and I introduced to some of the people that were doing things that I'm doing now, like a Sanovia Muhammad was, and her husband at the time, Ahmed Oba, came and part of the Malcolm X Bradshaw Group. They organized all over the country, and they made an impression on me. And a brother by the name of Atu, Atu Kway, as he called himself, he lived in Africa, and he took on the Ghanaian culture. That, that made an impression on me. And a brother named Kamal Africa, who at one time owned a black bookstore, that made an impression on me. And that kind of began my journey. And then I was around the prisoner, I think it's called Prisoner Support. Probably misnamed them, but it was an organization that was founded to support political prisoners. Um, uh, uh, um, Mafundi Lake. Lake was a political prisoner right here in Birmingham, Alabama. That's one of the main people that they supported. And so all of those issues and all of those people kind of poured into me to make me the person that I am today. So um, I've been head of ministry in the Nation of Islam for the last eight years in uh, South Alabama, so I go down there often, but we haven't been there lately because of COVID. And about 10 years or so ago, uh, the Birmingham Quantum Committee, which is about 40, close to 40 years old or so, they put, you know, they put on quality events and I've been helping them take a lead to make sure that our people are aware of our culture all throughout Birmingham. And coming right down to our issue today, about three years ago, when E.J. Bradford was killed, it was activists like myself that didn't, we didn't want to protest. We didn't want to get in front of cars. We didn't want to do the traditional things, but we wanted to push economics. So it was a young lady by the name of Ebony Malkia, uh, who was part of the New Birmingham and owned a uh, nail 
store, called me and said, hey, we need to do something about this. So we started meeting and, and talking and, and congregating. And then I met a brother named Kevin Harris uh, later on. And then I met a brother named K, K- Kamal later on. And then we kind of made up in our mind because it was a new era run group that we wanted to have autonomy. So we stepped away from meeting there and we met at a bizarre coffee shop and started thinking about what we wanted to do. But this is after passing out flies, telling people not to spend money at Hoover. But we wanted to not just be reactionary, we wanted to be uh, action-oriented and, you know, determine our destiny, uh, self-determination. Uh, which is one of the principles of quantum. So we met at Bizarre Coffee Shop, myself, Benny Holmes. He's a black entrepreneur in real estate. His son, apart from me, was named Benny Mack. Uh, brother named Kevin Harris. Kamu Kamal Africa. It was two young ladies that were there as well. And a young lady named Latrice Dudley. Uh, those were the first founder members of Birmingham Black Economic Alliance. That's the name that we we came up with. And the issue that we wanted to do was to promote black business, to boycott uh, businesses that were detrimental to black people, whether they were non-black or black, and thirdly, to help build uh, black infrastructure financially through which could be through supporting businesses, through building businesses, through education. Um, and so that's what we've been doing. We've been on a little bit of pause, but we're about to come back out the gate swinging uh, pretty soon. And we, and what we did in the past before COVID hit, we did educational talks on different businesses and bringing people in to educate your own nonprofits, how to structure your business, how to get resources, and before that, we did um, what we called, some people term it differently, but um, we basically would just go to businesses and call all our friends and start supporting them. The name is just kidding me now, but we all, we all, we all uh, call our friends on social media and start supporting businesses. We were able to save a business just through that way and help support business, bring hundreds of dollars and sometimes thousands of dollars to black businesses just by making phone calls and posting on social media and, and meeting up. And that was the black, uh, that was the Birmingham Black Economic Alliance, correct? That is correct. Okay, so, and, th- and see, this is actually my first time hearing of that group. And uh, um, one of the things that you, that I heard you say was, um, forming the business and just different things. So can you go uh, through that list again of what the uh, Birmingham Black Economic Alliance does? Um, I know I heard you say you help black businesses form their businesses and stuff like that because I, I know for myself, man. Mm-hmm. It's very grassroots. What we do is very okay grassroots, you know, but we evolved and um, crowdfunding is the term that I'm saying. Some people, some people call it crowdsourcing, but we use the term crowdfunding. Some people say crowdfunding to just call it is getting people to donate, but we did it in a physical way, crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just call friends and family. The particular business that we did uh, yeah. was CNC Beauty Supply on Sixth Avenue South. That was our cash model, and for about okay. we decided to do it the first of the month. Because that when folks have money, and for thirty 
for about three weeks or so, two, three weeks, we just start appetizing black business, right? That particular business. And it was so effective. The event was the first Saturday of the month. But people started coming in his business that first, that Monday. And he wasn't even sure he wanted to advertise his business as black, but he's so gung-ho about it. He got a red, black, and green flag out in front of his business now. Mm. And um, and so it was so effective, the very first one we did, that people started spending money all the way from that Monday through that Saturday and even weeks after that. That's how much it increased, and it doesn't cost a dime to make a phone call, to send a text message, or to do a Facebook post or a Facebook share, and that's all we did. We didn't spend one dime on it. Well, we may have bought a few flyers there. One goes out there passing our flyers, like, come on and support this business, but his business grew because and maintained he still had his struggle but three years later his business is still here two and a half years I said about two and a half years his business is still here because of what we did and wow. then out of that we as an organization wanted to grow and those you know as, as any organization just like governments and nations that you have like friction or well maybe we need to do this or maybe we need that but we decided to bring in a brother um to educate us um, on how to, you know, structure our business, drive it around. As a matter of fact, he was absolutely free. And he inspired, was so inspiring that um, that we had a couple of businesses that was burst out of that. And that was a sister mm. that had a family recipe for a barbecue sauce. And she listened to it and she took that inspiration that he gave her and that's how she retired from her nursing job and that's all she does and she's doing you know fairly well it's growing you know I'm sure she has other sources of income but it's doing very well and she's branded herself and doing real good and uh, also out of that movement on the organization we have another brother that started clothing like our Wolf and Welter so he started out with masks then t-shirts then jogging mm-hmm. suits then short sets then women's short sets. Then women's yeah. girls. Now he's doing um, uh, even women's swimsuit line. So, okay. you know, I think that we were able to use our movement to, you know, encourage people. All grassroots, very little, very little money being spent, just word of mouth. And people donating, organizations are already doing things, donating their time to share information, which, you know, encouraged everybody. Yeah, yeah. So I want to talk about something that you said, uh, and and uh, seems like it's gonna get a little heated already at the beginning, man. You talked about crowdfunding, and I, I'm just this just me. This is something that I believe in, but because because when you when you talk about crowdfunding, man, like other people, other other groups of people, non-black, they it seems like they understand the concept of. Uh, crowdfunding and but it just it seems like our people for instance they they look at crowdfunding like for instance um i call it i I can also call it stimulating each other's economy because for instance just say for instance if uh if i got a friend of mine who uh just say he has a uh a, a lawn service or whatnot and i'm trying to get my uh business started but because of the fact that um, I don't necessarily have the capital to 
to to start my business or I'm not able to go in the banks and get uh, the business loans like I like like I need to. I feel as though I should be able to go to this brother and say, hey, with a business plan, hey, man, this is my business. This is what I'm trying to do. See what he think about it. And and uh, I, I feel like I should be able to I should be able to go to my brother and say, hey, I need to uh, I need five thousand dollars to start up this business. Not in exchange for the five thousand dollars that he was able to um, give me now. Maybe it might do be a little interest on that. So I'm paying him back, just say 7,500. So now um, he he stimulated my economy, my personal economy by helping me out to get my business started. Then I end up stimulating his right back with the interest that I um, added on to him for him. And then also I make it, we can make it even negotiate to say, hey, you can get 5% uh, of this business. So now not only has I, not only was I able to start my business, I was able to uh, pay him back with interest, and then he was able to get a piece of my business, which further stimulates uh, his personal economy and what he has going on um, to 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 you know to 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 bring him in income. And I think that um, a lot of times, um, even even with having family members, if 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 I call my mama, cousin, auntie. You know, people, people, our people, we look at, we look at that as getting a handout. You know what I mean? And can can you talk about that? Can you talk about how, how do you, how do you talk about, um, being able to us learn that concept of crowdfunding? Because at the end of the day, it's not as easy for us to go to the banks and, and, and get the, you know, we, we, we're able to get maybe a little bit of money but we're not able to as blacks we don't have um the a lot of banks and stuff like that that we can go to as beginner entrepreneurs to get the type of money that we need to start successful businesses that can 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 continue to uh to grow and stuff like that so let's talk can you talk about the concept of crowdfunding well that crowdfunding in some senses in the africans call it susu and basically, okay. with, with, the, with the idea of susu is that they get a group of people that find a trusted person, and they use that person as the bank. And then what that person does is they take the money that all of them pool their money together and loan it out to folks so they can get their business started. And so the only problem with it is we've been culturally separated from each other and from our own culture, so we don't really trust each other. And the flip mm. side of it, we do untrustworthy things, but that's what Africans do. They they have a person that's strong enough to respect it enough that hey, they they gonna huh, they gonna protect the money, or they know they got some other some or else consequences that ain't gonna be nice if they don't. But you know they're so culturally strong, they're not gonna even think about that. But I'm just saying, susu is that is that idea that concept um, that the Africans do. You can you can kind of look it up, but that's what the Africans do. They have their own concept of saving money and other cultures, you know, other cultures do new call it loan sharks and different things like that. But, but yeah. that's what we just gotta get back to our culture and and learn more about each other and trust it more each other to get those type of get those type of things done. You know, where we can just have somebody if they say the church is so into your business. Uh, yeah. but we, we just so we just, you know, got away from our, us being us. 
as an African yeah. people, as an Aboriginal people, so we don't trust each other like we should. So that's what we ain't, we're not, we just, unfortunately, we're just not there yet. You know, we got a few yeah. of us that can get together and do that, but in a, in a large, in a large collective sense, we, we're not there yet. But we, I think we're on the, no, I, I know we're on the way. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that, man. And, uh, it, it definitely is a trust issue. Actually, on the third episode of the podcast, that episode is actually called Distrust. And I, that's, I talked about um, the the distrust that we have with, with each other and our communities and how, you know, we do need to get back to that so we can um, start being successful um, in what we got going on, man. Because I'm telling you, it is a it is a wave that is hitting now, not only in Birmingham, but all over Um with black entrepreneurship you know um and i think that uh if if you know if we don't start to get back to like you said our our origins you know we're not gonna be ready for um we're not gonna be ready for it man and a lot of us won't be successful with what we're trying to do um but so other than crowdfunding um how else do you would you say that we can uh, counteract some of the uh, the systems uh, that are in place that 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 are keeping us from building up our um, communities, our businesses, and stuff like that. Um, because it's, it's it's funny to me that well, it's not funny. It just is what it is. You know, we can get we can get small we can get small business loans. Some of us can get small business loans. Um, we can get we can, we can get a we can get a student loan, and when you talk about a student loan, you talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, that's gonna that's gonna put us in debt, uh, and that we may not even pay be able to pay off. And then also, um, even if even if we are able to pay it off, once we once we once we get out, we it's a chance that we may not even be able to find a job in that field. We can we can get a home loan, and we all know two hundred three hundred thousand dollars. Uh. We can, we can get car loans they give us that but but if you go get a business loan they they're not going to give us business loans so um what other what other ways do you think besides crowdfunding that we can kind of counteract that in our community to, to start being able to build some wealth find like-minded individuals that think like us and probably organizations need to facilitate you know think tanks uh, networking events where folks can connect up with people because in most cases it's three or four people out there that want to do the same thing. Um, uh, in the nonprofit world, they call it like collaborative, 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 collaborative work. Okay. Uh, uh, working in teams, for instance, in the nonprofit world, they'll say, for well, why if you working with ten youth, I'm working with five. Uh, the people working with three. And Joe is working with seven. Well, all of us ain't getting but two thousand, one thousand. Then what we do is we bring all of those entities together because we're doing the same thing, and then apply for a larger share of funding because we are a bigger group. And so that collaborative work will lead to getting more resources. So all of us have more resources anyway. It's just a matter of of uh, organizing and putting things on paper legally to where everybody is protecting the field safe and secure, but having folks that's working together with that same idea uh, and pooling their resources just makes it a whole lot more effective. 
But man, that's my idea. I came up with that idea. I don't, I don't want to give it to nobody else and let them, let them do it. <laughs> what you say? To, what you say to that? Well, some people you can it's just like church. You can't save everybody. That's that's true. That's true. Some people go out there. Some people are going to financial hell. So for those that will go to financial hell, you have to lead them to the to the financial devil. You know. Yeah. Ain't <laughs> nothing you can do with them. Absolutely, man. They'll so, come around eventually. They'll get tired of sitting in hell and they'll want to get in heaven. I understand, yes, sir. They'll want to get in heaven. So you have to lead them. Be. You ain't gonna say there. I think that's. We all have to come to that realization. Some people we're not gonna save. I, I agree, man. And so it, it just it sounded to me like uh, what you're saying is it's all about a mindset. You know, it's all about changing your mindset. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and speaking about getting out of financial hell, um, what strikes me is um, like if you go downtown on the Fourth Avenue. Black Business District, man. You see, especially like what fans the Masonic Temple. If you just stand outside the temple, you see where it used to be doctors' offices, lawyers' offices. Um, you see that, and from what I've heard back in the day, that district used to be a booming district um, back then. Um, and even though back then the people didn't have nearly as much as we have now they were still able to 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 be successful in business and um what i what i want to ask is why do you think that they were able to do it back then um with all the struggles that they had um and also with having less and we have more now and we we're not where they were when it comes to uh not saying that we're not that we won't get back there, but as of now, we're not there. So I don't, I don't know that we really can say we have more than what they had because it was more black businesses. Hmm. It was more it was more home ownership back then. I think we may have more bling bling, more vehicles, nice, cheap, expensive clothes. There you go. I think that people almost had more land ownership back then, but I think the biggest, one of the bigger contributing factors is the illusion of inclusion. Mm. You know, integration integration deceived a lot of folks. And the cost of integration, we, integration disintegrated black businesses. Because you you had a choice, you didn't have a choice to eat in the black, you know, kind of like uh, uh, diner. And so now instead of eating the black diner, you got McDonald's and so forth and so on, and you got Ruth Chris and all of that, but you didn't have that option. So you had to keep your black dogs in your black community. So with integration, it you had the opportunity to spend your money with the people that don't never did like you anyway. Yeah. So speaking of uh spending our money, can you can you can you um talk about the black dollar and how how does it circulate and well, it's a big, we, we generate a product now is over a trillion dollars a year. And I think the dollar in the black community only lasts an hour, somewhere mm. around about an hour. And you think about it like this, I think maybe the Asians, their, their money may last like 30 days. And it just, you just go down the list. But with us, we're at the bottom of the barrel, it lasts an hour. As soon as we get it, it's gone. Wow. We're going out to Trustful, we're going out to Pension. We're going out to McCullough, you know, not too much to Galleria, we still, but we're still going to Hoover. 
And so we don't we don't keep our resources in our community. We're not buying our clothes with each other. Yeah. Our food with each other. We don't have the grocery stores, you know, but I think it's a lot of more black entrepreneurs out there than we can even track and measure. You know, there's a lot of people with side hustles and some people exclusively doing us a lot more entrepreneurs out there now in the last few years, but we still, you know, spend our money with more than more than ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, it says here that uh, the the black dollar, and this is a couple of years ago, so I'm, and it seems like it may be a little bit less now. The black dollar just spends, just stays in our community for six hours, but in the Asian community, twenty eight days, nineteen days in the Jewish community, and seventeen days in the white community. But in, but again, in the black community, our dollar only lasts a couple hours. Um, and again, like I, you, I said, can be corrected on the hour part, but it ain't. It, it, it's, it's, an, it's an incredibly short span of time just wrong. Absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, another thing you said that was key, and, and that's what struck me, uh, the fact that we we do have over a trillion dollars in our community. We over a trillion dollar people. But um, it says that it says here that we spent $2 billion on, on Air Jordans, $4 billion on liquor, uh, $20 billion on hair care. And this, this is just a couple of the things that seems like we spend our money on. So would you say that it was, it's a matter of we need to learn how to spend our money and where to spend our money? Absolutely. Now, me being a Muslim, I'm not going to drink or smoke. And, you know, for those that do this, I don't offer. But I, I'll say this, that we need to be more disciplined with the amount of money that we spend on recreation. Mm. And so that money we spend on recreation could go toward a business, could go toward home ownership. Because, some, you know, and I, it was like that 10 years ago, 12 years, I don't know what it is now, but it, people spend incredibly amount, large amounts of some of the money on weed. Some people do. They spend car notes and house notes. Some people do on weed. Yeah. And we're not benefiting. We're not benefiting from the people talk about weed, weed is legalized. But we ain't benefiting from it, except in the neighborhood, the neighborhood weed man. So when it gets legalized, black folks not gonna benefit. Maybe less than one percent, way less than one percent is gonna benefit. They know the people that that, that been benefiting all the time is the ones that's gonna make the money. They legalizing weed so that they can make. It, Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, I, I agree with that, man. And and I think that I think that. Uh, that's, that's a, that's a touchy subject right there, man. And I, and I do think that is one of the, that is a, uh, a industry that we need to, that we need to look into. And if you, if you're looking into, if you are looking into, um, trying to figure out if you're listening and you're trying to figure out what type of, uh, entrepreneur field I can get in, maybe, maybe you do come from the street and that's all, you know. So I think that, you, you know, you can start looking into uh, you can get ahead of you can get ahead of it because like like Brother Muhammad just said, it's coming. You know what I'm saying? But what's going to happen is uh, they, they're going to sew they're going to sew it up. So you're not even going to be able to benefit from it um, um, because of the fact that they they're going to already have the dispensaries and they're going to they're going to have what they need. So, you know what I mean? Uh, I think that that is a. Uh, it's a touchy subject, and especially in our community, because it has a when you talk about weed or stuff like that, you know, it has a bad connotation. Like people, you know, some people look at it as a drug. You know what I mean? So, 
Um, but I do think that it is a uh, thing that um, can be used uh, in a beneficial way. I but got it, a friend that, I have a friend that has a farm that sells hemp, and I guess he bought it doing weed. And I met a guy last year that, that was doing just exactly a, a straight up weed. You know? Okay. I know, so so it's, it's, it's money in it. Yeah. But like I said, they're gonna have regulations so high it's gonna be hard for us to get involved in. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So so get ahead get ahead of that, man, if you if you if you interested in that industry, man. So um before we get out of here, man, is it anything else that you can uh talk to us about uh about how we can uh strengthen ourselves uh economically to to put ourselves in a better position uh in our personal life and as entrepreneurs? Yeah. There's a there's an organization in Atlanta that they uh, and I and I'm just paraphrasing, but you can Google it called Ten Ten Fifty, and it's kind of like they kind of intentionally try to say we're gonna spend ten dollars with you know you know ten black business something like that, but uh, they they try to spend go with so many business so much money a month. So what I try to do personally is I attempt at least because I, I have a, a kind of healthy way of eating. And there's not a lot of black restaurants that say what I eat, maybe at the price range that I do. But I will go to at least one or two black restaurants a week and support. I don't care if it's expensive or not. I'm going to go spend it with be intentional about spending with a black business uh, so that, you know, they can make money. And I go to my own places in between. You know what I'm saying? So I go to other places in between, but I try to be intentional with supporting at least, at least spend about 20, 10 to 20 bucks a month. I mean, a week. Twenty bucks a week on a black Yeah, that's, that's that's my goal. At least, at least that much. I spend twenty dollars a week on a black Yeah, and I and I think that I think that's I think that's a uh, good way to start. And like you said, you you you're intentional about it. So and and uh, matter of fact, at the uh, at the um, the event that the that that we just went to a couple weeks ago, I was able to. Uh, and that's one thing I liked about that event. Every even though the blacks. Uh, businesses were selling products after they got done at the end it seemed like every single person went and spent money with each other and I, and I and I like that man and, and uh one of the things that I bought was some soap I can't think of the, the lady's name who had the soap but it was uh turmeric soap and she had some uh natural lavender soap as well and man when I say that soap um was so good and so what I told myself I'm gonna do is I'm I'm just gonna start getting my soap from her, and I'm just I'm just gonna incorporate her in my in my in my budget for uh for for um my hygiene for for the, with the soap because it was good and like you said um I think that well at this point of course it it is uh it's impossible for us to shop black only right now just because of the fact that um we don't have everything we need like for instance uh black grocery stores or uh, you know we don't ha- we don't have the things that we need to where we can 100% shop black and but what you said was just be intentional at least at least every week you know spend a certain dollar amount be intentional about spending a certain dollar amount with a black business and if we all do that that'll be a really good start to um that'll be a really good start to go ahead and and and, and start turning things around for us and uh that that that's actually a very good tip. It is. That's a very good tip. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do that myself. Cause although I do spend black when I can, I can be better about 
making it an intentional effort, like you said. So absolutely. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me on your show. Man, thank you very much, man. And and uh uh I really appreciate you being here. I hope that um someone was able to get some uh information from this that they can use. Um so if anybody has any questions for you or if they want to reach out to you or the black uh the Birmingham Black Economic Alliance, where can you be reached on social media or mm-hmm. e- you can, you can reach me through Birmingham Black Economic Alliance. It's a Facebook business page. You can reach me through personally through Clarence Muhammad on Facebook. You can reach me through cell phone on 205-267-2505. And on Instagram, Muhammad Clarence Edwards. There you have it. I definitely will make sure that I... Um post the links to your uh, Facebook and all the information. So if anybody listening can get in touch with you. Um, And again, thank you for being on the podcast today. And until next time, guys, let's help black businesses be better. All right. Peace. All right.